Pharmaceutical Technology presents the Drug Solutions Podcast, where the editors will chat with industry experts from across the pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical supply chain. Join us as experts share insights into your biggest questions, from the technologies to strategies to regulations related to the development and manufacture of drug products. This is the Drug Solutions Podcast. everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast. I'm Feliza Mirasol, Science Editor of Pharmaceutical Technology. In today's episode, Oral Solid Dosage Forms, a look back at challenges and innovations. I'll host a retrospective of challenge and innovation highlights over this past year for oral solid dosage forms. I'll review industry experts' takes on factors driving the evolution of OSD forms, as well as innovations in APIs, technology, and methodology. Highlights will include commentary from experts at LGM Pharma, Hovion, Syntagon, and Colorcon. This episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast is sponsored by Lonza and Resifarm. Lonza is an industry-leading integrated contract development and manufacturing organization from drug substances to finished drug products. Resifarm can support your oral solid dose projects. As a world-leading CDMO, the company specializes in the development and manufacturing of coded and uncoded tablets, bi-layer tablets, mini tablets, capsules, multi-particulates, granules, and powders. Now on to the retrospective. Among the current challenges in OSD forms, is the continual improvement of APIs. On the one hand, new chemical entities or NCEs are being developed that are more highly potent and may require less quantity per dose. On the other hand, you have older APIs that are being reformulated and modernized, which also impacts their OSD parameters. Let's listen in on what Deepak Basu, Vice President of R&D and Regulatory Submission at LGM Pharma had to say about this. Some of the changes, uh, as you know, we have to do because the, the drug substances or new chemical entities which are coming in the system, and they are poorly water soluble. Uh, poorly water soluble, highly permeable. Um, I don't know whether you, uh, as a, a, a normal person, uh, or as, as uh, I would call the patient, who takes medicine, you probably have seen that new products are of a smaller dose than the older products are. No more 750 milligram, 600 milligram, 1000 milligram. Now we are going for five milligram, 10 milligram, and even more so hydrocodone and more opioids and what we call highly potent compounds. They're, they're getting into milligrams and some milligram dose, uh, fentanyl, for example. Uh, so all these uh, things are happening accordingly. Changes are happening in the manufacturing technologies. Now we are uh, uh, focusing on blending a very small amount in a large uh, excipient bowl. So let's say the tablet weight is 100 milligram. If 50% is active, that will require a different 
blending process than if the active is one milligram, which is 1% of 100 milligrams. And, and if it is 20 milligram, then 20%. So accordingly, blending changes accordingly. Uh, the, the, the Now FDA says, okay, let's control the processing. So process control. So overall, if you look at the oral technology methodologies, core or same or similar, but because highly potent compounds are coming up, water insoluble compounds are coming up, process control on the engineering side, a lot of developments are happening. Another way, uh, oral solid dosage form, because uh, like I earlier, I mentioned that uh, because we moved to injectable product uh, and, and everybody thought it is very simple, uh, it's normal to take injectable product, which is not true. Uh, the stability is in question, transition is in question, how the product is stored is in question, shelf life is in question. There are a number of other things which we do not uh, consider when we take orally tablets or capsules because microbial burdens and other things. So and a number of changes are happening according to the bioavailability enhancement and everything else. Granulation techniques are changing because now we are making smaller batches. Uh, remember that uh, maybe 10, 20 years ago, maybe not uh, when I was student of PhD, that time more focus was on, on solid dosage form where continuity in the process was more important that how can we make bigger and larger batches? Now, because the drugs are getting very, very uh, potent, now we are back to smaller batches. So that's another reason why, if, if, if anybody wants to know uh, why uh, generally the big companies or pharma established pharma companies are looking for CDMOs because their new compounds are, are uh, very potent and they have to make only 100,000 tablets instead of making 1 million tablets. And they, their uh, commercial manufacturing is not uh, designed for that. So all these things are basically changing uh, technology and methodologies of orally um, uh, ingesting product. On the issue of bioavailability and how the pharma industry is working to enhance bioavailability for the pipeline of NCEs in development, through better OSD formulations and or technologies. Marco Gill, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Hovion had this to say. What we see is that the poorly soluble compounds or BCS class two uh, compounds are still a great proportion of those pipelines. So 80 to 90% depending on the literature uh, of, those, of, of those molecules do need a way of improving bioavailability. The other aspect to it is that um, the deficient permeability of those molecules have been also uh, on the rise. And therefore, the challenges that we face today for APIs is actually to bring them to a state where they are bioavailable and they can be actually effectively administered to patients. That remains one of the biggest challenges in the industry. And certainly there have been also, and you've mentioned the biologic side, there have been an interest to develop new technologies to be able to deliver large molecules orally instead of other, other means. There have been some good progress there in terms of developing formulation technologies that stabilize and then make also improve permeability of those large molecules. And I do expect that, that the development of those formulation platforms may lead to an increased number of 
biologics or large molecules being administered orally. Meanwhile, in speaking with Alex Tremblay, the business development manager for the Hutland portfolio line at Syntagon, we asked Alex for his take on the adoption rate of continuous OSD production by the industry. And he shared his opinion about what factors may be contributing to this adoption of continuous manufacturing. I would say that the pharmaceutical industry as a whole certainly hasn't changed as, as it uh, adopts new technologies. Um, but luckily for continuous, it's not as new as it once was. It's been around for several years or decades even in certain companies. Um, so we're starting to see more and more actual executions of GMP uh, facilities. And we're reaching a point where most people in the industry are familiar with the concepts and success stories of oral solid dosage continuous. Um, and I think this familiarity has helped a lot of proponents and detractors to have more pragmatic discussions, especially at the individual company level. Um, and this has led to more real-world implementations around the world. You've seen a lot of the drivers towards savings in the development world um, is uh, encouraging folks to, to look into continuous more. And then, like I said, I think just the fact that it's not so new and scary to a lot of uh, folks in the industry has allowed more realistic discussions. And that's allowed things to get sorted out because initially there were some flaws in some of the plans. Um, and those pragmatic discussions ha have just allowed the continuous solutions in the industry to become more and more robust. We as equipment manufacturers are in a really interesting position when it comes to continuous. Um, obviously, we'd love to be the trendsetters, and we certainly see ourselves as trendsetters, defining how it's continuous is actually implemented on the ground. Um, but then, like any uh, OEM business, we must continue to listen to the market and hear its demands. So as continuous is adopted by more and more companies throughout the industry, we're going to have to continue to look back and listen in to see what the industry is looking for. And finally, in our conversation with Gary Pond, Global Lead Authentication for ColorCon, and Dr. Ali Rajabi Siabumi, the Vice President and Chief Innovation Officer at ColorCon, the importance of authentication at dose level for OSD formulations was highlighted. Here, Gary and Ali discuss the notion of whether or not manufacturers may require new technologies to implement on-dose authentication to their process lines. Interestingly, the, the technology that we're using is not novel from the application point of view. The novelty and the breakthrough is application of the tagant. And using the common film coating that we use today for various reasons. We film codes for easy swallow. We film codes for protection of the, the core or the API. We film codes for marketing and for branding. Now we leverage the same film coating for application of a tagant. Therefore, the coating application and the coating machines and the technology that exists today could apply, could be applied very easily. We don't necessarily need to do anything different we can, again, the, the game is the same as, as before. You just code them. Of course, these tagants are in there. The tagants remain confidential. The tagants are something that you cannot see. And then you could apply them using the same technology, the same uh, uh, sort of processes that exist. And when we talk about sort of application, uh, the, there's no requirement for any investment in terms of the application side of it. For the detection, depending on which technology, because this is the platform technology we're offering with different micro and these are common technologies that exist. We're talking about 
having a reader, for example, or using the cell phone, or we're talking about some of these uh, molecular tags that we have, you need a PCR. But these are commonly available in the market. They're not high cost and readily available. At the same time, again, when you look at it from the regulatory point of view and regulatory acceptability of these, there are not major changes in, in that area. These are, uh, again, the, the game is the same, uh, code, the tablets have been doing, printed, the capsule has been doing, and therefore there's no major changes in that area. Other Gary, if you wanted to add, sorry, I'm talking too long. No, no, Ali, it's, it's, it's good information. I, I think the one thing that I observed working with your team is that we've, we've tried to make it very simple for a customer who buys our, our film coating OpaDry product where this would come in their, they're in their product and, and Ali emphasized it has no impact on their film coating process. So it's very simple from the customer's perspective. Behind the scenes though, ColorCon has spent the last four to five years doing extensive product development work because you can't just take any micro tagant and put it in any film coating. We found that they react, the different micro tagants react differently within different film coatings. And so we've done a lot of work. We've developed a, 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 certainly an expertise in this area, you know, with the goal to, to make it as easy to bring these products to market for the customers, regardless of what type of film coating they, they want to use. You know, we're really excited that, you know, we're getting very close to, uh, you know, commercializing them this later this year. Again, just to add a little bit more, sorry, uh, Felicity, I think if you actually look at this from a from the customer perspective, this is our model. We're trying to simplify the formulation side. We're trying to simplify the manufacturing and make it seamless for our customers. So we do we do all the background uh, work in terms of inclusion of the tagins. I mentioned these are very very low quantities used in the in the coating, and these are commonly used materials. So they're nothing sort of uh, different in that respect. But, and then from the process application, we want to make sure as simple as possible. And then when it comes to the readability and all that, again, uh, we've been working in this area with our partners to make sure that uh, we bring that simplicity to, to our customers. Well, that's all for this episode of Drug Solutions. I'd like to thank our audience for joining me on this retrospective look at OSD forms. And thank you to Lonza and Resifarm for sponsoring this podcast episode. For a look back at past podcast episodes, please visit www.farmtech.com. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you to our editors and experts for sharing their insights. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Drug Solutions Podcast with the Pharmaceutical Technology Editors. If you want to stay in touch with the Pharmaceutical Technology team, subscribe to this podcast as well as to our e-newsletters. When you sign up for our newsletters, you will be updated about future episodes of Drug Solutions, receive our magazines, learn about upcoming webinars and hear about episodes of Drug Digest. Thanks to everyone for joining us for this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast.